0: This is the motherfucking Blood Doctor show. On a Tuesday and a Monday hybrid, me and B talk last night post Game Seven about the Celtics meltdown, the Heat's rise, and the upcoming NBA Finals. We talk about that in a bit. We talked about the Suns, Kevin Durant, Nick Nurse, in Philly. Lots of stuff. And of course, he ranted about how he hates Karis LeVert. As is. Always the case. When is it ever not true? But before we get there, let's talk about the fact that we're in hell. We are in hell. Every day, there is a new mass shooting. Every day, there is a new law passed in some ridiculous Republican state that is designed to limit the rights of LGBTQ every day there is a new law passed that is designed to limit the rights of people of color every single day in this country something is happening that is an absolute fucking disaster and the thing is nationally we're actually technically on a decent path right marijuana is being legalized you know most people are on the right side of you know the trans and gay issue most people feel the right way about it. The problem is that most people in a country as large as ours doesn't matter when states have the rights that they do. Right. So that if, you know, if a state has the ability to make a law that says, you know, gay people can't exist, which is essentially what they're trying to do at this point, then, you know, our federal government has been set up to allow that. And we're just we're seeing every single day right now why. I mean gerrymandering should be illegal we're seeing every single day why conservative thought is the worst thing in the world it's just i like you know i generally sit here and i have like a speech and i'm like gonna come and tell you you know this is what it is and this is what we need to do but my god i'm just sitting here watching all this and i'm just we're literally in hell this is the darkest timeline there's really no other way to describe what we see every single day on a daily basis like if you're a woman in this country I don't even know what it, I can't even imagine. Because you just, you all the rights that you have worked for the past 70 years to acquire have been taken away from you, pretty much. And if you're a person of color, all the rights that you've been struggling for for 500 goddamn years, they're working really hard to take those away from you too. And you know, they're trying to make it legal to execute trans people in public. And you know, the whole, oh, you're a groomer. Well, the only people that ever get arrested for molesting children are not drag queens, they're religious people. So, it's all bullshit. It's all lies. And I just, sometimes I, even I feel like my God. But, sometimes cliches are cliches for a reason. And the phrase, the night is darkest before the dawn, is particularly prescient at this moment. And is particularly real, because that is where we are. We're on the precipice of one of two things happening we are on the precipice of either a civil war between intelligent, forward-thinking progressives and moron conservatives, or we are on the precipice of conservative thought being a thing of the past. Now, it's important to note that what conservative thought is has changed in the last few years, because very obviously, you know, what was once all about religion and abortion and everything is now all about me 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 but what is it the heart of conservatism has always been there and is still there and that is i only care about myself i only care about my family i only care about what i believe in and whether it was a religious version of that or now some bullshit freedom-based thing what you know whatever nonsense it is the heart of being a conservative is i only care about me And the heart of being a progressive is I care about all of us. That's the true difference between conservative thought and progressive thought. It's really that simple. Progressives care about other people. Conservatives only care about themselves. And the way that those things manifest is income inequality, racism, homophobia, transphobia, things like that. But at the heart of all of it is that conservatives truly, truly only care about what they think. And, you know, they don't even care about what their spouses or their children think. They only care about themselves. It is truly the disease of me that has spread throughout anyone who would refer to themselves as a Republican. And while we all have to concern ourselves with our families first, of course, and those that we have to raise and provide for are obviously our first priority, you still have to care about the people in the world around you. And conservatives flatly refuse to do that. That is something they simply won't do. They say, I do not care about what anyone thinks. I only care about what I think. And then they... Find other people who feel the exact same way about one major issue, and then they make everything about that. Everyone in the LGBTQ is a groomer. Every Democrat is a pedophile, blah, blah, blah. And of course, there's no science, there's no logic, there's no basis, there's no anything behind anything that they say. But that's not the point, because when you only care about yourself, logic and science and everything don't matter, because it's all about me and what I can see in front of me, what I can manipulate, what I anecdotally know to be true. So that will either spark a war because these people truly, truly can't see beyond themselves or independent voters are just going to wake up, see that, and then decide that they don't want these people around anymore. And nationally, I think that's the thing. I mean, look, this whole Ron DeSantis thing is hilarious. This guy has literally no chance to get the Republican nomination. And even if he did, he has no chance to win... You're telling me that the dude who created the state that we all make fun of is going to be our president? They literally have Make America Florida hats. You think people in America want that? We all laugh at Florida. And I don't care about, oh, the conservative culture but Fantastic. It won't work. It worked one time. It worked one time in one national election against the most reviled Democratic candidate of all time, the most hated Democrat ever. This worked. And now Republicans just want to run this playbook every single time. It's won in a few Senate races. It's won some House races, sure. But it doesn't actually win over the minds of independent voters. They continue to erode away their own chances at winning. And it is my fervent hope that they will just keep doing that. It is my fervent hope that Donald Trump's stranglehold on this party lasts long after he is gone... And that his children will control it in the way that he does. Not that they have anywhere near his level of charisma or ability to just talk shit endlessly until, you know, everyone listens. But when Donald Trump won, it was my sincere hope that he might simply destroy Republicans forever. And I think we're at the inflection point where that is starting to happen. And what happens next is basically dependent on those people. Do they just keep voting and screaming shit or do they actually want to arm themselves and lose a war. Lose a war. They will lose. They're not intelligent enough to do anything right. So like, if they actually tried to start... I mean, look, like on January 6th they tried to start an insurrection and now they're all going to jail. So it's not as if conservative maggots have any idea what they're fucking doing and can do anything right. But my point is, this could get really ugly or it could just fade out. But what it's not going to be, it's not going to be something where... Conservatives are just sweeping the nation and we're changing the laws. I understand the power in the South. I understand what they've done. I get all that. I really do. And it's awful. And people need to do everything that they can to change it. But see, the thing is, the reason they're doing that is because they've lost the national conversation. They're circling the wagons locally because the chances of doing any of that stuff nationally is over. And the simple fact of the matter is that eventually... National laws will be written to override these laws. And they know that. And that's why they're circling the wagons locally and saying, well, if we can't win national elections, we can't win big elections, we're going to go back to our roots and we're going to do everything locally like we used to. That's where the Republicans were always great, was grassroots local organization. People always think of, like, liberal progressive as grassroots, but really, truly, local Republicans have always been better at that. They have. It's just the truth. And... They've reverted back to that now because the national conversation has gone their way. You know, major news outlet outlets don't listen to their people. You know, they, make, they have like their own alternate Hollywood. No one watches their movies. Like, this is a small group of people who have a very loud voice. And sure, they're not just going to go away, but their influence and power is fading. And so I sit there every single day and I watch and I'm like, we're in hell right now. But sometimes you have to go into the crevasse. And I truly think that this chapter of American history will be viewed as the into the crevasse section. Let's talk basketball. All right. I'm not even going to do it. You do it. Because, you know, just do it. Yeah. Yell. Start yelling. And and the returning guest at this time. He wasn't even ready. He's no stranger to this
1: show. <laughs> uh he is the one he oh, is he's doing
0: this OB. part too i love Give, it
1: get it up for b from overtime with bnt brandon and you ah uh, <laughs> thank you for having me finally the b has come back to the black doctor show
0: that that was like an entire you gave like a whole range of different intros there like i could cut and pick and choose whichever one i wanted that was very good if if this was, like, a, if I had, like, a producer, I'd be all, hey, clip that. But <laughs> I'm my own producer. So that's what kills me, dude, is, like, I hear people, like, even people, like, who are, you know, just like us, like, people just dudes doing a podcast, and they're, like, they do have someone producing. I'm, like, you're literally, yeah. like, like you got someone. I'm, like, yo, you I got do this shit. My, I do it myself. I like, do everything myself, too. I do, yeah, do everything. Really. Yo. Yeah. I Yo. This is a nightmare. Sure. i uh i uh i can't fucking believe that game i i mean again it pains me to say which this, game but are we talking they, about the, the, the game seven okay right yeah, yeah I, again it pains me to say this but they pulled the suns like they just they didn't even show up i i dude, two years in a row i can't i can't they did like,
1: for like the first quarter right they were up in the first quarter weren't they
0: I mean they were up it was like eleven to eight or some shit and then oh Miami, that's the only
1: lead they had all
0: right yeah you know. Miami like took the lead and pretty much never right, I don't think they ever gave it back I think I think it was like fifteen to eleven Miami yeah. and that was from there on it was pretty much it like I mean they got back in it mm-hmm. but I mean that was that was horrible like I don't really know how I mean I I the only thing I can think is that Celtics fans right now feel how I felt a couple weeks ago and how I felt last year I, in, in oh, a yeah. critical game. Your team didn't even show up. I, I don't even well, you know what it
1: is. is. They're going to, they're going to use the, the injury excuse because Tatum rolled his ankle on that first play and they'll say, ah, oh, he wasn't right the entire game, but then they won't acknowledge uh, eight turnovers from one man in jail in Brown
0: yeah Jalen yeah I mean he I didn't even he and Tatum were both terrible and it's true that it, yeah I mean Tatum rolls his ankle fine I mean Jimmy Butler clearly hurt himself in the game too and not only that he hurt for himself some reason,
1: he didn't look right for like the last couple of games yeah
0: yeah he well Jimmy Butler is always like a, a you know held together with duct tape in the playoffs <laughs> And he somehow still manages to look like a goddamn Ironman in some games. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true.
0: But he, I mean, the thing is, is he, like, looked like he tweaked his knee or something when the Celtics cut it to, like, seven. And I was like, oh, shit, here we go. I think yeah. I DM'd you right then. I was like, oh, God, here it comes. Yeah, and then yeah. Miami just took over and said no. And they just took it right back. I, I've i said forever that Eric Spolstra is the best coach in the league. And I think this, like, I,
1: I don't know.
0: I have to consider top three. Him. Who, I mean, who right now is better than him? Uh, there's some who wouldn't make the case, Tyron luke I mean, he doesn't even have a champion. Well, oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cleveland, come uh, on, come uh, on. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, with the, I'm thinking with the Clippers. <laughs> my, my brain, I sw- okay, yeah, in keeping with my promise to never do this show sober i smoke so much weed before i come on every single time <laughs> so that that one, i'm going to attribute that, that one, one to, over, yeah, yeah yeah that's just but i remembered it immediately come on I within five seconds we're going to just give me some some yeah, well, i'll uh, give you the grace you didn't I, even I, let me correct you so yeah, yeah. Good. if i had a producer they'd like hit some button and be like brain meltdown or something <laughs> you know like i'm gonna like pretend i'm gonna start talking to this theoretical producer that I don't even have, and I'm just gonna like start <laughs> editing and things. I'll be like, "Hey, Jim, do this." Uh, Are you, yeah, uh,
1: um, Kobe? or oh, this is not Kobe White. Derek White. Amazing. Uh, he 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 had a lot of people sipping the Kool Aid after that last game, but I I stay true with it. I still said that uh, Miami's gonna get it done.
0: I still think that trade was pretty amazing, though. I mean, to get him the way he fit in for the Celtics has been really good. I know they didn't win, but like I like given how many other things they have done that totally failed, Mm -hmm. like I mean, like Gallo, and that wasn't necessarily unexpected. (laughs) Yeah, well, I remember that because he never played because he got hurt, and and it's just one of the it's he's never played, and it's just like one of those things, like the Kemba Walker thing. Didn't yeah. work out. Like, there's been a few things they've done to put yeah. guys around Tatum and Brown like that Griffin. have not. Yeah. And they've done a lot of stuff that haven't worked. But I do think the Derek White thing, that's one thing I'm going to give them credit for. I like that trade a lot. They really didn't mm-hmm. give up much of anything. And they got a guy who has been really good for them. How but... Pritchard doesn't play? I mean, they don't think much of him is the only answer, right? I mean. All right. I'm not right. saying that. I mean, he's fine. Yeah, like this, he, he doesn't change this series. They're like, are you like, if they had Peyton Pritchard tonight, like, I mean, <laughs>
1: it's an extra body that they could have thrown around there. He's a decent shooter. They clearly sucked with the shooting during this series, so yeah, could have gave him a little burst here or there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just think the problem is that like Miami was exploiting every single thing Boston did, and if you don't have a plus defense and A plus defensive knowledge. I mean, every single player on Miami is like like they're just smarter. You than know the what really team.
1: impressed me? Duncan Robinson put the ball on the floor a couple of times throughout this series and actually produced some results.
0: I thought that dude was dead. Like I, 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 I do- thought he was dead. I thought he was just like a dead skeleton that was on the bench that was taking up paychecks. And he I like. They relied on him. He, I, I tweet. He blocked Jalen Brown in this game, which mm-hmm. I don't even know. I tweeted like, "You got to retire now. Like, you can't. If Duncan Robinson blocks you, it's just it, it's over for you. Your career is done." But I, I can't. I listen. Every player on that team, their IQ is through the roof. This is the thing about Miami. It's like they're all incredibly smart. They know exactly where to be, and they're all like, "Like, I will play until my heart gives out. I don't care." Like, it's just. Miami players, they have, like, an identity. And yet again, they're in the finals. So, I mean, it seems And to one work. thing,
1: they did play a lot of zone coverage in this series. And it's, like, you got to be very active and know your rotations to make that zone effective. Because if you aren't moving, if you're not making those rotations, zone is very exploitable by the opposite team if they know where to pass the ball.
0: Well, especially because, like... We all know, like, sometimes you play zone, you get killed from deep. And that's why yeah. a lot of teams don't do it because you leave open too many threes and Boston shoots so many damn threes. Like you would think, Oh, that's not necessarily something you want to do, but this is what bolster always does in the playoffs is they come out mm-hmm. with these like crazy different defensive packages. And that's like what Nick nurse did too, with the Raptors. box one. Yeah. yeah. All that. Yeah. Triangle and two, all that shit. That was the, the series a couple years ago. I think it was in the bubble, was it? that was, like, it was Raptors-Miami. Didn't that happen? Mm-hmm. And, like, that whole series, just back and forth. I remember watching that. I was like, oh, my God, this is a defensive masterpiece. If only anyone could make a basket, it would be amazing. Indeed.
1: Um, Indeed. Maker and Miss League. Isn't that uh? what's his name? Doc Rivers' go-to line?
0: Oh, God, if the Suns <laughs> hired Doc Rivers, dude, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I don't even know what I'm going to do if that happens, like – if they're like, we're remaking the 2012 Clippers, baby. Chris Paul, Doc Rivers, get me Blake Griffin. Someone find the body, the husk of DeAndre Jordan. We're getting so, someone called Jamal Crawford. We're bringing him out of retirement. Like I, I don't. It's well, that was uh, the closest he's ever
1: been. I'm pretty sure. I'm not in like since he the Celtics. Yeah, that's like the best team he's ever coached. I'd like to think. I think.
0: Yeah, I, well, yes, yeah, so, I mean, because the Celtics they went to the finals again. But um, are yeah. we are we giving Boston any credit for like getting back to Game Seven? Like, are no no credit? No, we don't give a shit. Like, you're not, you don't care.
1: This that's the good old oh, you're putting out a fire that you started, and you didn't even put it out. So. Yeah, like why am I giving you credit? Y'all y'all shouldn't have even been in this position given the fact that y'all were heavy favorites. What was it, like 98 to 2% for who's going to go to the finals or something like that?
0: Yeah, not yeah, and, and I, the only reason I ask is just because like it would be so easy to quit and they didn't. Mm. I, if they had lost tonight on a shot no. like they won in game six, like if they had lost on like a last second shot, I'd be a yeah, little yeah. bit more inclined to be like, well, sometimes you lose them, but that was a hell of a series. But I, it's, it's just... also
1: the fact that you lost three of the four games on your home court. As that
0: well. is that is a disaster. That's yeah. I mean, I like I know that they just hired him, but like mm-hmm. I don't know how you necessarily he's like, gonna like...
1: get scapegoated. That's the unfortunate part of it. But when he was responsible for two All NBA players. He's got the Sixth Man of the Year. He's getting all the praise. He was res- he was partly responsible for that. So it just seems unfair that he's gonna be the fall guy.
0: So you would not fire Joe Mazzulla if you were the Celtics. No, I don't. I don't think I would either. But I also don't know. Like like this was bad. Like yeah. I don't know how to like that's the thing, like that's the thing with Monty. I haven't really talked about it on here. I haven't. I've been I'm sure anyone who listens to this knows like the second the suns lost I like went into the closet and I just was there for 3 weeks. And so I just was like not recording anything. I was just sitting in the dark like just staring at the wall just like playing dust in the wind on repeat on my iPod. But um so I the thing is like you like with Monty Monty took the suns basically to heights they hadn't seen in forever. And he restored respectability to the organization. And it's hard to let someone like that go. I love Monty for what he did because yeah. he was awesome. But also, like, the okay, the thing last year, the Mavericks thing, like, truly, I do believe that whole team had the flu. And I'm not saying that that's an excuse at all, but I'm saying if I'm going to sit here, if I'm going to sit here and go, okay, if we're going to just make excuses for one time, then we're going to make excuses for one time. Like like what I'm saying is if you're going to make an excuse, that excuse holds up for one thing. And right. I, I'm not saying, dude, if you have the flu, you should still, they they still totally, t- I'm not, what the Suns did was embarrassing. I'm not trying to say that, but I'm just saying if you're Monty and you're like, dude, there was nothing we could do, everyone was sick, fine. Right. Then what happened this time? What happened this time? Because I don't care that Chris Paul was hurt. You still mm-hmm. had Devin Booker and Kevin fucking Durant. So what happened? You weren't even at the goddamn game. That's the thing. It's not like they lost game six and Booker and Durant were scoring left and right and everything was working, but it just, you can't stop Jokic. They just weren't even in the goddamn game. I I turned, I like turned to my friends. I was just like, I can't believe this is happening again. I don't even want to watch this. Like, I just, Mm -hmm. I, and so that's the thing about Missoula in this situation is it's like. See, my thing is.
1: What does a head coach have to do if you're if you're not Spher, if you're not Greg Popovich, if you're not Steve Kerr, what does a head coach have to do to be granted that leash that those guys have? what 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 would they have to do? Do they have to make it to multiple finals, win multiple championships before they're granted
0: that type of leash? Well, I I think part of the problem is that, number one, coming into a job where a team just lost in the finals is like one of the most impossible jobs in the world. Because basically your options are win the finals. That's how you can improve on what that team did. So that's like a nightmare. But also part of the problem is they didn't have to give him an extension halfway through the season. So oh, they, they
1: extended him. Yeah,
0: that's the thing is, okay. they brought him on as the interim coach, then gave him an extension. You didn't mm. need to do that. And the thing is, if he was just the interim coach at this point, then they could go out, do a full coaching search, yeah. and then and then just come back and be like, you know what, Joe Missoula is the right guy, and keep yeah. him. And then it wouldn't even be a thing. But now you've hired him, mm-hmm. and we know that the second you get hired as a coach, the clock starts ticking. Again, I'm not saying I would fire him. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying – People are saying that because of how bad this series started. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of understand it from the perspective of that is like literally unforgivable. How are you? Oh, three to this team. How are you? Oh, three to this team. How? Uh, I, it, and and the thing is, they only got to game seven by a fucking miracle. They nearly completely blew it. Yeah. So, I, so that's, but again, it's like, it's also his first year coaching. You yeah. expect him to be perfect. Like, no, but the Celtics don't have the I, time. I assume
1: I assume what they were hoping was that the talent would carry him like we've seen a talent do with Steve Nash not too long ago until you know that.
0: Okay, but you brought up Teron yeah. Lu. You brought up Teron Lu yeah. In that year, in that finals, he made multiple adjustments that you could see that yeah. were fucking verifiable that helped them win that series. He coached his ass off. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, there's the famous moment where he's in the in the huddle with LeBron and LeBron starts trying to talk and he told LeBron to shut the fuck up. And he's like, I got this. Like mm-hmm. that, that that's a first year head coach. So I don't know. Sometimes the standards are impossible. Like, I just I don't know. I do think I will say, I've said this before, I do think if he was white, that the idea of him being fired wouldn't even be like being discussed. I do think Real that facts. I, I, I do think the fact that he's black is why it's like possible that he could be fired. Yeah. Um, but it was a horrible choke job. So no credit to Boston for getting back to game seven. Are you, are you, um, are, is it, so you, are you, you're, you're kind of out on Jalen Brown, right? Like you said, like, you kind of don't, you, I say he
1: should be traded. I feel like the, like you're, they're trying so hard at this point. It's what now five, six years that we're saying, yo, this is it. This is it. This is the duel. This is the duo. And it's like year after year after year. If it's not one thing, it's the next. What was it? Um, 2019, they blame. Oh, it's the Kyrie. Kyrie mucked up all the chemistry. 2020, it's, oh, uh, Jimmy Butler and... Uh, the Heat, they were just better than
0: them. And we're too uh, depressed to be in the bubble and blah, blah, blah. Too depressed
1: blah. to be in the bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 2021, who was it they lost to? Oh, um, it was the Nets they lost to. They didn't have Jalen Brown. Okay, you, you kind of understand that.
0: Understandable, yeah.
1: 2022 now, y'all were up 2-1. And Tatum didn't play his best in that finals. Like we met we like to get at Devin Booker for how he played in those finals down the stretch of those games, but Tatum didn't yeah. play any yeah. better.
0: Tatum escape Tatum for some reason escapes any slander when he doesn't play well. I, I do not understand, but like, for some reason this for, dude is just like bro,
1: like the entire this year and last year. i all I'm hearing is ah Devin Booker, he choked in the last couple of games, he choked in the club game. Well, I'm like you you guys are giving Tatum the praise that you wouldn't give Devin Booker and he hasn't done any better in these situations and yeah. he has a significantly better team for a much longer time yeah
0: and yeah and they have chemistry like yeah. and they and they went out and at, and the thing is the thing about Boston for me like you went out and like They got Derek White last year, who fit like a glove, and then they still added Malcolm Brogdon. They still tried to add Gallo. Like they still like added pieces. Like they without
1: having to lose much pieces in return. Like when the Suns had to.
0: Yeah, they got Al Horford back a couple years ago. Like they've done everything they can to put guys around these dudes. And like at some point, it is. Yeah, I mean, it is on Tatum and Brown, not on everyone else failing them they're failing like how people. like how often have we seen the two
1: forwards work or the two wing players work like outside of Jordan and Pippen or Kawhi and Siakam like how often do we see the two wing players working at this level that can take you over the top for a championship.
0: And, I mean, Siakam wasn't even, like, Siakam at that point. Like, he was still a very good player. But, I mean, like, yeah. like he was still developing. So, it's not like he was – he wasn't, like, an all-pro at that point. So, yeah. like, I mean, I uh, – God. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, the Kawhi and Paul George thing has failed, right? I mean, Booker, yes. and, Booker and KD didn't work, unfortunately, for me. I mean, I, I think that – I mean, you could argue that Booker is – more closer to a point guard than he is to a wing just given how much he passes and if you say that's not the same it's a different kind of failure whatever it's a failure Uh, i mean you know i miami maybe uh, it's not
1: failure steps to the success
0: that's that's i love it that's that's what yeah this (laughs) next the next coach is going to get us over the top maybe maybe lebron and d wade in miami yeah that was a pretty i mean they were but it's
1: it's involving all-time greats essentially
0: right 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 not very good players so you exactly so who would you trade Jalen brown for or if you don't have or what would you trade Jalen brown for?
1: i have been bouncing around our potentiality that maybe he goes to portland for dame maybe he goes to atlanta for trade
0: oh 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 that is interesting those are both very interesting I mean, the Dame thing is obviously we're gonna win right now. Do you, mm. Can Trey Young win in this league? Like, I, I still think that's see. Like that's the thing. Question. A lot of people
1: like to highlight the fact that he's not contributing to winning basketball, but I say that may be the case if he is the best player. But what if he wasn't the best player? What if he went to a team where oh, this is Tatum's team and you're just here to help him out, make sure he gets easier looks?
0: And you put essentially you put, have
1: him play more point guard. Which you put,
0: and you put is four capable. defenders around him and yes. you say, You play point guard, that's what you do here, and then you go stand in the corner on whoever is the corner three-point shooter on, on defense. Well, obviously
1: he'd be working more of a system, no doubt, but
0: Essentially, having played an actual point
1: guard position instead of him having to force up the shots that he forces up. I mean that that's
0: definitely that's that's definitely interesting. Those are like those are approximate value too. Like I think I think if you were, I mean, if obviously Portland would be like, we want Tatum, and it's like Dame's thirty three, so you're not getting Tatum. So (laughs) so that I mean that that is, I mean. If you go to Portland, if Portland decides to move on from Dame, and you go to them with the package that starts with Jalen Brown, they're definitely listening. Like they're in that conversation for sure. Yeah. And I honestly think. If you called Atlanta and were like, "What about Jalen Brown?" They'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, please. We, we've been trying to solve the wing problem forever. We have DeJounte Murray. We can put just- him
1: DeJounte together. That's two two way players. Uh, I don't know. Maybe John Collins still there. Capella there, still there. That's something.
0: Yeah, that's something. Yeah. No. I and and given that um Jalen Brown is like, isn't he's from Atlanta? I think yeah, that, he's like, an Atlanta
1: boy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So like that definitely that actually makes a lot of sense too. So that. And I mean, Portland actually makes some sense too, just because he went to college at Cal. So Mm. I mean, Cal Berkeley is a lot like Portland, just in terms of the city. So I mean, that that makes sense. That you know, I'm always I'm always lambasting people for horrible trade ideas. That one that one makes a ton of sense. I'm gonna I'm giving you a golf clap on that one. Those are those are very good. Um, Are we? uh, I mean, Jimmy is the man, right? Like I, I mean, at this point, like we're pretty.
1: He almost wasn't, if he blew this three zero.
0: So okay, um, so so fair question then. Does this does that negate some of this? The fact that he let this get to game seven. Are we taking some of that away, or are we just no? We don't. He care? got it done. He got outcomes it done. Outcomes are outcomes. Okay, he that's got fair. it done.
1: If he failed though, then where we're we have smoke for him because momentum's a thing. Momentum, momentum is a thing. It is impressive he was able to halt the momentum in Boston though, so credit. It would have been more impressive if he swept them, but, you know, he still got it done.
0: And I mean, uh, the other thing I'm impressed with is both he and Spolstra guaranteed this win. Yeah. So to guarantee He a said road, he was
1: retiring if he lost this game. He still, Oh my God, I did not he hear said, that. Oh my God. He said that, he was
0: retiring after this. Hey, well, listen. I'm gonna give him that one then for sure because that—that's that's, I can't believe I missed that's, that. That's so goddamn funny. Yeah. Um. That and so to, but to guarantee a road game seven and pull it off. I mean, because that you know the Celtics heard that. It's not like they didn't. You know. Yeah. I bet you in the locker room. Don't let us game, get one. That's before, what they were saying, and before the game, they in the locker room, they're were like, "We're gonna make Jimmy retire." You know, what I'm saying, like, they weren't. You know, what I mean, they're like, hundred percent." They were, like, "Oh, 100% near they south, we're gonna oh, send him home, man." Like,
1: fucks
0: This is probably, I mean, this is like got to be the most impressive like finals coaching job like ever. Like this team was, I eight mean, seed, yeah. playing, yeah, and not Played even two playing games. And the thing is, is like they're not even like you. If you looked at this roster to start the year, you, there would be no way that you would. I mean, some of these dudes like like, like seriously, Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin are yeah. like major contributors on a final. And team. they're
1: doing this without Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo.
0: Yeah, I mean, and Hero I looks like he'll be back for game three. So that could be a boost for them um although he
1: totally killed their rhythm though
0: that's I, yeah that's different. i kind of wonder like i don't even know how much you want to put him back in because like everything they're doing right now is because
1: even kevin love wasn't getting much burn in like the last couple games of this series too yeah yeah but he may depending on the matchups they have been against the nuggets so we'll see he may it may just work out for them
0: both teams played like like a six-man rotation a night. Like there was – like man. like Brogdon was out there early and then he got pulled and he was like basically never back in. Like they they were – and I, Miami too, like, yeah, it was not a whole lot of subs in this game. So, I mean – but, yeah. you know, game seven is like that, like always. Like I I have to assume that if Hero gets healthy, they will give him run. But I do wonder if it's one of those things where like if he just can't shoot because he's not there – you just pull him and just be like, Nah, he re-injured his hand. He bruised it. He's out. You, you know, know what I'm saying? They like, said
1: he's in shape. The only thing is he can't use his hand. So I assume everything else is gonna be good.
0: I mean, and that's the thing is, if he, yeah, if he can shoot, then he's worthwhile. But otherwise, I mean, if he can't shoot at all, then they he's literally a black hole on defense. So I mean, I I can't I. <laughs> Well, okay, let's just let's just do that. Does does Miami have any chance of winning the series against Denver? Like, like realistically, to,
1: uh, they'd have to shoot the ball better than Denver from distance, in my opinion.
0: Which, but, I mean, good luck. Like Denver's been shooting the goddamn lights out in the, these playoffs. Like, I but mean, that
1: that's the only win condition I see for them. Personally,
0: is, is Caleb Martin scores thirty a game hitting Mm. 10 for 10 of 20 from deep he's he is
1: whatever he does in this series if they win is gonna earn him a lot of money that's all i'm gonna say yeah i mean on top of what he is already gonna make at this point but he definitely would have to earn uh, a king's ransom if they win this series
0: it's too bad that he signed an extension this earlier this year. Like, he signed a three-year deal. Oh, he did? Earlier this year, yeah. He can opt out after next year, so he still has the ability to reach free agency when he's 29. But he Miami did get that one in right before he took off as a player. Like, they're good at that. This is what they uh, do. They're like – but it's also – I feel like it's they did part it of it.
1: to Hassan Whiteside, too, yeah. if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, but it's one of those things. It's like you get your you, – they're like, got your money locked in. All right, cool. Now we're going to teach you the secrets of being good at basketball now that you're underpaid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, like Hassan Whiteside was garbage though. Like he was out of the league and then he ended up getting $100 million with the fucking heat. Like shit happens. Like, But I I just – I look at this and I just see no – I don't have any idea what they do with Jokic. Like I – you got oh, me.
1: If Anthony I, Davis had trouble with Jokic, uh, Godspeed to anybody else.
0: The, yeah, this one said like like we're a uh, Bam and Kevin Love I mean, are gonna.
1: If you look at the the numbers from the for the playoffs, the Lakers are the only team who did somewhat of a number on him because his shooting percentages took a slight dip when the Lakers were playing him.
0: Yeah, I mean the Suns just he just scored every time he touched the ball. I mean, and we yeah. the only reason that we won two of the games that we did is because. You know Booker just played out of his amazing, fucking mind. Yeah,
1: amazing shooting.
0: Yeah, efficient shooting. And I just don't like. I love Bam Adebayo. He's awesome, but I just don't like. I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any clue. The other thing is that Miami is kind of small, and Denver yeah. is pretty goddamn huge. Like their starting lineup, like the smallest dude is KCP. Jamal Murray, 6'5".
1: You know Michael Porter is going to let that fly, too. Oh, yeah. Who's really stopping it once he gets that ball into the air?
0: And and Aaron Gordon has really figured out, like, his role on that team. He doesn't try to do too much. He's, like, not that he doesn't really play he just he's kind of like Draymond Green he just does his things like he does do you
1: remember the the game 4 when Jokic was on the bench with the foul issues and they had Gordon playing that center role yeah he, he, did, he did pretty decent based on what they required of him playing he, the point center
0: these playoffs honestly have really been really good for Aaron Gordon i have been really impressed yeah. he has done he has done a lot and he has shown he a got a J. Cole braids
1: and now he's <laughs> dude, relevant.
0: That was <laughs> that, 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 uh, the game like plus 10. He was like, All right, dude, now you're, yeah, he, no, I, it's been impressive. And the thing is, he's just another dude. You know, they've got three dudes who are 6'10 or bigger in their lineup. And so you're, you're yeah. like, you know, this lineup's fucking huge. And I just, I do think that's going to be a problem for Miami because they're just a smaller team. Yeah. And like you said, they would literally have to shoot like 60% from three. I just don't, I don't. I don't want to pick against Jimmy Butler at this point because, like, the dude has proven that he can do any goddamn thing that he wants to do, but... As long as he's healthy. It just... It's hard to figure out a way that... yeah, Just... They're not deep enough. You know, Denver's a deeper team. I do mm-hmm. think, you know, maybe the altitude, especially... The altitude, I don't know how much it matters, but coming from a team that's literally at sea level, I don't know. You know, that... Uh, that's going to be hard to deal with yeah. now. Sorry. Pretty crazy flight. How far is the flight from Miami to Denver? It's like five hours, something like that. So, I mean, it's not nothing, you know, but I mean, they'd stretch Four the games hour, out.
1: 25 minutes. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, that's not bad. But I mean, they stretch, the, you know, they stretch those games out so much that, you know, there should be some acclimation from. Plus, Miami is just like, if any team was prepared to deal with a change of altitude, I mean, you know, Miami is such a goddamn like you know regimented operation the way that they you know their their physicals and everything like i don't know though man like i just i if any coach could do it it would be spolstra and it seems like if any one dude could do it it would be jimmy but i just like i look (laughs) at this and it's like top to bottom like i just is better than kyle lowry right now like i just i'm just glad that I do not have to
1: hear Mike Malone bitching, complain about how nobody believes in the Denver Nuggets now, <laughs> because you're the best team remaining now. There's no way you're going to say that you're a bigger underdog than Miami is at this point. There's no way. There's just no way. Because it's, oh, kick, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. It's, he's won the MVP and nobody talks about him. They always talk about the Lakers. It's like, Years. Years. Why are you upset about what Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp have to say? Why do you <laughs> care about what Charles Barkley has to say? Why, why, why is uh what's his name? Stephen A. Smith getting your, your panties fluff Or you know what it is? Nick Wright. It's, I know it is. He he watches Nick Wright. I know he watches Nick Wright because Nick Wright's been one of the few people who's been very vocal about Yoke. But why do you care about what they say? Like and that should not bother you you're you're a coach you're first seed you're up 2-0 3-0 4-0 and you're still upset about the media coverage why
0: it is it is bizarre like the way that some coaches like that was what mark jackson would do too it's like nobody believes in us the whole world is against us and it's just like no i'm pretty sure like many of us believe in you like you could calm down like and yeah it's like Nobody, you know, the media doesn't believe in Jokic. He, he was back-to-back MVP. Like, let's settle down they on this whole. They voted home. for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, let's settle down on like, Jokic gets no credit, and that I, I, the only thing I can think is that it must motivate those guys because why <laughs> else are you doing it? Like, bro, you know? all I saw on my
1: Twitter feed in that game one was Jokic had the greatest first three quarters in any type of playoffs ever. And we're talking about the Denver Nuggets aren't getting the respect they deserve. It's the only thing they're talking about. Yeah. Oh, I mean,
0: yeah, they're play- Yeah, they're playing this like, and Chris Mannix said something about the Nuggets are boring or something. And they like made a whole video about it on their social media. It's like, yo, you're not, yeah, you're not like the, the scrappy underdog anymore. You got a two-time MVP. You're the number one overall seed. You won like sixty, almost sixty games. Like, let's settle down on the, <laughs> you know, like, I, uh, yeah, I uh, yeah that's yeah. I will. One thing I will say about the Nuggets, though, about this, and I, one thing I will about Monty being fired, I do think that Mike Malone outcoached Monty in that series. Like, I, it, the Nuggets had an answer for everything, and the one thing that drove me nuts. The Suns didn't do – they didn't go to the Durant-Booker pick-and-roll ever. Like, not a single time. Like Why not? I don't know. And none of the – it just none of the stuff that they did, it just didn't – it wasn't creative. It wasn't changing. And so I'm going to give Mike Malone credit, but I do also want to point out, you know, this is Mike Malone's eighth year. This is eighth year with the Nuggets. You probably should make it to the finals at this point. And I do you know. think, you know, again, Monty was in his fourth year. But, you know – you lose by 42 times. Okay. I understand that. The Nuggets are always in it. And I do think that, you know, he has them properly motivated. They, you know, they have depth pieces that they could use. Yeah. They know their rotations. Um, I also love the KCP fit. When they made that trade, I was just like, yep, I love that got, trade. Uh,
1: Gary Harris, he got traded for this team to be possible because I'm pretty <laughs> sure he got. He was part of the Aaron Gordon deal.
0: Yep, yep, so, he was, yeah.
1: And he was part of the young core where a couple of years ago, we we're like, hey, these guys, they could be something.
0: Yeah, at um, one point, it was like, man, Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. Oh, yeah, yep. they gotta, that's the backcourt of the future. Well, yeah, not so much. I love the KCP fit, though. Like, everything they've done works. And, I mean, now they're in the finals. I just can't. It's going to be – I want Miami to win. Don't get me wrong. I am rooting my ass off for Miami because <laughs> I hate Denver. But I just don't see – They're just too good. And the thing about this Denver team, like, Mm -hmm. this isn't over. (laughs) Like, this team isn't going anywhere. Like, you know, like – it's they're
1: still relatively – They're going
0: to – yeah, Aaron Gordon's the oldest one. He's like, what, 28, 29? Like, they're going to – this team's going to be there the next five or six years. Like, this Denver team is not going anywhere. And that's really, to me, the most frightening thing is that I – you know we made fun of them for a lot of things and now i'm like oh shit maybe they're a dynasty god damn it like that's not come on don't don't be a dynasty when i'm trying to have a kd dynasty real quick like what are you doing like let me let me have let me have a thing tom brady retired my life is over let me have a kd thing (laughs) oh oh man i uh you're going to have to bring me on overtime when football season starts, and I'm just going to cry for, like, 30 minutes just in the background. Like, I'll just, like, openly weep.
1: Um, Listen. hey yeah. uh, KD, man, that window is getting very, very close to being shut on that guy at this point.
0: So – I fucking hate this conversation, but it needs to be had. Yeah, so you, you're saying his window is closing. Do you think it's closed? Like, I I personally think there's still like three years left where KD can be a really high level player because of the way that he plays and just things like that. But that's like best case scenario. Uh,
1: my outlook on it is much like LeBron. I think he and KD are at that stage in their careers where they can have great stats, but it doesn't have the same impact like it once used to. I think that's where KD and LeBron are. I think even though LeBron's been around a lot longer, I think the injuries accelerated KD to that point in his career now.
0: So, you, okay, well, and I argued when KD forced the trade to Phoenix, I said it then and I stand by it. He came to Phoenix to be the second option to Devin Booker, not the other way around. Mm. It is It is not but just, but just the way the defense is played, they still
1: are like this. That's KD. That's Kevin Durant.
0: Sure. Absolutely. But I'm talking about his long-term thought process. Yes. Like, I think that long-term, his intention is to be the second option to Devin Booker.
1: Yes, I agree with that.
0: So, do you think that that, him being like, you know, one of the best second options ever, if not the best second option ever, Mm. if, like, do you you think that extends his window? Given that, you know, Booker is where he's at right now, where he's just a scoring machine – yeah, I think that would. I think that would. Uh
1: realistically, that's what AD should have been doing for LeBron. But alas, here we are.
0: And so, yeah, that's the thing. Like, AD doesn't seem ready to carry the mantle. Devin Booker mm-hmm. is. And I just feel like with a training camp and a new head coach and maybe a you know a better fit roster, mm-hmm. like I still think the Suns can do damage, but that nugget series really gave me some. I don't know that – like, Tady did so many things, even in the short time with the Suns, that Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson simply can't do. So yeah. I understand the thought process. Like, I get it. But I just – it's like, man, you needed to win this year, and you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So now, you know
1: – They yeah. need to win in 2021, but uh, that's neither yeah. here nor there.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's – I mean – that, that is – that's a horrible loss because they had a 2-0 lead for sure. Mm-hmm. But nobody it expected them.
1: Po, it took a Kung Po having an all-time great yeah. playoff. Friend, but also so. no
0: one expected them to be there. Like, you know, they were a little bit ahead mm-hmm. of schedule. Booker is 24. DeAndre yeah. Ayton is 22. You know, I know that Chris Paul was in his prime, but the rest of the team was so young that mm-hmm. – So, I, you know, I, I mean, obviously it hurts. Yeah, no, wrong. No. but but this year you needed to fucking win and you just yeah. you mortgaged everything to do or it. at
1: least get to the conference finals uh, at least uh show some of we're doing something right
0: yeah and, or it, it, at least not fucking lose by 40 again like come on what are we yeah. doing here
1: yeah that too that too
0: and Can't so <laughs> so at this moment nick nurse has been hired by philadelphia yeah. And so really the only two people I think left for the Suns, well, I think there's three people. I think it's uh, Kevin Young, our associate head coach. I think Doc Rivers is in the running, and which is crazy to me. And I think uh, Jordy Fernandez, who I don't even really know. I think he's a Kings assistant coach. Is not someone I'm really familiar with.
1: Um, Maybe to add me to that, I'm a very good coach. Talker and I know how to talk to people.
0: i uh, Hey, I'll support it. I'll vouch for <laughs> you. I'm on board. I, you've got my support. Don't ask me for
1: any plays. I'll just motivate the men. Them.
0: Yeah. Well, you hired. Yeah. Well, you hired the
1: exes uh, and those guys. I'll get the I'll get the assistant head coaches. I'm just there to high fives and hire know. some
0: goddamn nerds for that part. I'm just here <laughs> for the I'm here for the props, son. Um. I, I guess Devin Booker likes Kevin Young, who is the son's associate head coach. Now yeah. I, I kind of like that move because it seems like the whole retread head coach thing doesn't work. Like I, I kind of like the idea of promoting a new dude, like mm-hmm. new blood, new ideas, you know. I hear you. But I just let's let okay, let's say that they do that, you know, new mm-hmm. young guy, whatever. What do you think would need to happen? like to the roster in order for them to get to like the championship next year? Like, what are you, like, are you out on Chris Paul and Aiton or like, what just like, what do you think needs to be done from your like outsiders? Cause obviously I'm such a Homer. It's hard for me to be objective. They would
1: have to move somebody. I feel like you have to move Aiton or something like potentially make a deal with Denver. I uh... I don't know, because Denver's got uh some guys that they could potentially fit with
0: Phoenix. I just don't know, like, if you're moving Aiton, it's like, what are you moving? Are you moving him for like, another Denver, center?
1: Dallas. That was my fault.
0: I'm how how funny would it be if fucking Aiton and Doncic ended up together? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, who, I guess I don't know who would play center then, which I guess you could just find anyone at this point. But it's like, who do you trade him for, like, I don't know who fits on the – because, like, if you're keeping Chris Paul, mm-hmm. then really the only spots you've got available is, like, power forward and center. So yeah. you're basically trading him for another big – like, I don't know, like – like, what, like, Julius Randle? Is that, like – you know, that doesn't make sense. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I it it's – it.
1: Yeah, you know, that's
0: John Collins. The market is that. weird
1: this season or this offseason. The market's really weird.
0: I just don't know. I just – I kind of wonder, like – maybe the only option is to just reinforce with whatever ring chasing dudes you can find yeah. and whatever, you know, if you get like a mid-level exception. What's,
1: uh, how do you feel about Jimbo? Harden.
0: About what? Going, to, <laughs> Going Phoenix? to Phoenix? Oh, my God. I saw that. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Now, <laughs> Now, I will tell you probably a more ridiculous idea is the idea that James Harden is going to play defense the way that Nick nurse wants. That's probably an even more ludicrous idea because dude, I don't know if like the, the tweets about Joel Embiid and Harden's like knees falling off after Nick nurse plays them 45 minutes and shit. Like I'm like dying. Someone like posted a, Someone like posted a video of Doc walking and they were like, This is Joel Embiid getting back on defense after Nick Nurse plays him 44 minutes against <laughs> the Hornets in February. Um I you know that I do you think that's a good hire? Like, are you I you're not on Nick, you're kind of you have been up close and personal with the Raptors during really? the whole Nick Nurse tenure. You're not so much a fan, right? Oh uh,
1: I think he it takes certain type of players to work with him i feel like he's not really good at working with the the young core guys i feel like he's more versed with guys who are trying to win right now and i feel like that's really where the divide was with the raptors because he had a couple of guys that it's like you're trying to develop but there's also guys like siakam fred randley who were who've been to the finals who won and it's like you know they're, they they want to show that yo we're still capable of winning essentially
0: that's the dude i wanted by the way i wanted the suns to put all the picks and Grand everything Frank together Brand for D. no for siakam
1: for in,
0: instead D. of kd that was the move i wanted them to make because mm. i think i think you could have put together a package that used jay crowder's contract and um you know all of the picks in the world and and you add cam johnson and you wouldn't include mm. Mikhail Bridges in that trade because you know it's I mean, I think the thing is is
1: Siakam wouldn't be going as for the same price as
0: Katie. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing is that's before that would have been before um you know, well, no, that would have still been after the Rudy Good Bear trade. Um, because mm-hmm. really the Raptors were only considering moving Siakam during the season just because they didn't want to pay him in a couple years, and that's what I'm saying. Like Suns have a new owner who's willing to pay him, although the Raptors owners have more money than God. They, I don't understand why they're wa- not wanting to pay Siakam, but um, that was the dude I wanted. But, you know, that's – but you could still, you know, just got to, like, mind trick Masai Ujiri into believing that DeAndre Ayton is as good as Pascal Siakam and then just, like <laughs> – Hey, man. Who knows? Just put, like, clips of, like, person personally in the 21 said... playoffs. like I
1: feel like Scotty Barnes is being held back by Siakam's presence. That's how I have viewed
0: it. So you think that they should trade Siakam just to open the game up, open the floor up for Scotty?
1: That's how I viewed it, yes. There's Raptors fans who probably disagree with me, but that's just how I see things.
0: And the Raptors need a big... I actually think Siakam for DeAndre Ayton makes sense. Like, I don't actually think that that's ridiculous. I think the Suns would have to include more. I think that you'd have to figure out like, after the draft, I think another first-round pick becomes available. And I think that, you know, like, another swap maybe. Like, there's always something you can do.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, you know, I think that, you know, I actually think that trade makes sense. Especially, again, given DeAndre Ayton's on a contract that's locked in.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and the money's about to go up. That deal is going to look better. And you're about to have to pay Siakam $50 million. I actually think it makes sense for, like, both teams because the Suns have money. They don't care. They're trying to win right now, and if you give me Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Pascal Siakam, Kevin Durant, and then any group of dudes at a training camp, I think you've got something. I think that's a fucking serious team. But you know, I I don't know that I don't know the Raptors' appetite really for moving Siakam. Like I would do that in a heartbeat. I love DeAndre Ayton. I would still do it in a heartbeat. Mm. So. Because something has to change in Phoenix. Like, I I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just the coach. Maybe it's just the coach and the role players. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. It seems like firing the coach indicates you're not going to trade dudes. But I don't know. It's hard to – with a new owner, you literally have no clue.
1: Yeah. And didn't he just take over the operations, basketball operations too?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what people are saying. But, like, that's just because he made the Kevin Durant trade. Jerry Jones. Yeah. I mean – But, you know, I mean, he did play college basketball, so at least he's not a complete goddamn moron about the game. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, he did his negotiation for Kevin Durant was horrible. They just gave up everything. The Nets were just like, we want every single asset that you have. And they were like, okay. (laughs) Hey,
1: man, that's how I'm feeling about Donovan Mitchell to some degree.
0: Well, I mean, you didn't give up your core pieces, though. You still got Darius Garland. You still got Evan Mobley. You still got... Jared Allen, I mean
1: okay, but our biggest issue is that Isaac Okoro is supposed to be our three guy. And if it's not him or Karis the we're not really getting much wing scoring. And they gave up a guy in ochaya Baji, who was part of that deal with Colin Sexton and lowry marketing and they gave up a couple of picks too for donovan mitchell these are all guys that could have contributed i said this from the beginning of the season donovan mitchell is better than colin sexton but i do not believe what we're giving up for donovan mitchell is worth it because you could have had marketing who could have replaced kevin love boom you could have had Ochai, who's a rookie three and D guy. Somebody you know he's shown that he can shoot and plays defense. Helps out Okoro off the bench. You know I don't give a shit what the rotations are between them. Let him prove it. But that's a squad. That is a squad you have right there. That is a squad: Mobley, Marketing, Jared Allen, Garland, Sexton, Ochai, Osman. Oh. Oh my. And now there's no guarantee that Deanvin Mitchell re-signs with us in a year's time. And we have no picks. And what what? We're gonna go out and get Dylan Brooks. No. (laughs) Like he says that he's got a deeper bag in than what Memphis is allowing him to say. So maybe he shows something for us at the wing spot, but I don't know. Like, who are we going to get? Kyle Kuzma? Oh, my Sorry, friend. I made this about my calves. I, I made this about my
0: calves. No, I love it when you make it about your calves. I just, I just, I'm laughing at the idea of Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks' bag is about as deep as a goddamn grocery bag. Okay, that's <laughs> no yeah, frills. If you know what no frills is, the, I have been to no frills actually. We used to go all right. there all the time. Yeah, all right, man. You know exactly is, yeah. what up yeah, about. yeah. He is he is goddamn name brand a no frills bag. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all this man is. Like he's not. It is just yo, I oh dude, that is funny. But it is also funny that Memphis tried to scapegoat him. As if like he's the problem in their organization, like, oh, Dylan Brooks brought us all down. It's like, yeah, dude, not not John Morant, like running around playing with guns, not playing basketball. <laughs> like, I was on another podcast, and I was like, the one thing I really respect about John Morant this season is that he learned to shoot. And a couple of the dudes were like, Yeah, yeah, his shooting percentage went up. I was like, Yo, that's not what I mean, guys. <laughs> I was I was like, You missed the <laughs> but. I, just off topic, it's just very coincidental how the
1: NRA hasn't come out and supported him. Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Thing,
0: I wonder. But... I wonder why that could be. Hmm. Mm. What is what is one thing about John Morant that's different <laughs> from most people in the NRA? I wonder what it is. <laughs> what could uh... it be? Especially, dude, he's in Tennessee. Like oh. he's in the South. Like, this is exactly who you want. Like, you probably want to market to this dude because you're, like, trying to, like, change the minds of... But that's the thing is their racism just overcomes everything. They're... And that's that's truly the funniest part about it is, like, like, like Tim Scott, he just announced he's running for president. Yeah. And, like, his whole campaign is, like, I'm the black dude who makes white people feel good about themselves. You should vote for me. And it's like, (laughs) it's just really uncomfortable to watch because he's like up there like, this is not a racist country, okay? And I'm just like, Like, it's horrifying. And and so yeah, like, yeah. It's a very good question. Where is the NRA on John Morant? Like, you would think, uh, why not? They should be like, trying to sponsor him. Mm -hmm. But we know they... They probably tried, but they couldn't stop saying the n word when they were like calling him. You know, like they were like calling to try to pitch it, and they just kept like saying it over. And over like, oh no, that's my not...
1: fault. My... Let, let me start over. Let me... Let's, I, let's start
0: over. I get this. I can get this. I can get this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh I, man.
0: I I I bet you that's like closer to the truth than we than than we wanted. Might... That might be about as close as it was. I. Uh...
1: Yeah, we're stuck though. I, genuine, I genuinely believe that the Cavs, uh, much like the Suns, they're stuck with what they have right now and so essentially just got to hope for the best.
0: I mean, the Karis Levert, yeah, that, you're, you're whole, how do We're you stuck with him? it. We have no choice but to bring him back because they're gonna, who else do yeah. we go? Who yeah. else do we go for? Well, see, okay, and see, this is the thing. It's like, this is why, like, whatever Miami does to rehab players, that's exactly what Cleveland needs to figure out how to do, because, like, they need to go find a Caleb Martin. You need to go yes. out, find a dude who's been waived, that has more talent than the teams he played for saw, and then figure it out. That's what they need to do. They, yep. they don't seem capable of doing that. Like, like the okay, the lack of wing play on the Cavs in the last, like, basically since LeBron, since LeBron left again, yeah. yep. like, it reminds me of, like, the Grizzlies, when they, would, like, had a decade of, like, no small forwards. Like, you have to have wings, Man. I and I don't you know I I don't understand like I you know the funny thing is like Lowry marketing was kind of working kind of working but you know they jettisoned him working as quickly in. as he could working <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of working and then they marketing was working and then they used they, him to get Donovan <laughs> to get Donovan and then he goes off and has a fucking a even better year yeah like he was like better than Donovan Mitchell almost like that was there was no way that anyone could have seen that coming though I mean that you marketing that was like to in your fifth or sixth year to suddenly, like break out like that. Well, I, but I
1: wanted us to keep it, though, so yeah. I I felt like something was there. So
0: okay, so if you're saying essentially you keep that roster, you don't make the Donovan Mitchell trade. you think you beat the Knicks? I uh, yes, yeah, I do, I do. So you you you're like the Donovan Mitchell t- trade made your team worse in your eyes. It made us
1: Donovan Mitchell reliant, Mm, and that's he he couldn't live up to it in the playoffs. There,
0: I mean, and that's that's what the KD trade did to the Suns. I'd rather be mm, reliant on KD, but KD's thirty five, so that's a problem.
1: It worked for the majority of the season because I personally think this was his best season as a professional he's had. But he was awesome when when it really mattered. He He scored seventy one. Yeah, when it really mattered, he didn't he didn't deliver. he was he
0: was fucking terrible in the playoffs yeah
1: and uh the bigs were small too they let josh hart out rebound them josh hart and mitchell robinson
0: josh hart was like i dude when when portland traded josh hart i was like what the hell are you doing like yeah just again they don't want the lakers
1: low-key miss him too Oh, yeah. I think the Lakers, I feel like he's a guy they should have tried to keep as well.
0: And I think you probably could have. Like, I think that that's a dude that, I don't think that the Pelicans were, like, not making that trade if you hold on to Josh Hart. Like, people like Josh Hart, but I don't think that that was, like, an insane thing. I just, when Portland traded him for for Cam Reddish, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Like, that is a loser move. And obviously, they, you know, then they tanked. Like, but Portland, I just – it's so hard for me to take that team seriously. Like, I, uh, I, why wouldn't I you want Josh Hart around?
1: I don't acknowledge that team until they are actually well, yo, sure they're about winning.
0: Well, but, but hold up. Also, you know, uh, that's what happens. You get the third pick in a two-player draft when, when you do that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, you – you that's what happens. It's, it's so you're been- not a
1: believer in any of the other guys
0: after Wembenyama and Scoot, I believe you're going to say? I mean, listen, we go through this all the time, and we have had multiple drafts in the last two years where it was like, dude, this draft is actually like five of these guys, are like, and it, and, you know, it was like, oh, Jonathan Isaac and Jason Tatum and Markel Fultis are all, <laughs> and then it turns out that it was really only Tatum. This is two years. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it was, well, you know, honestly, Kaminga. <laughs> is so athletic he might end up being the best dude from this draft and you know but and just there's a and then it ends Dog up house. It, yeah and then it just kind of turns out that it's really one or two dudes and i'm not saying that like you know i'm not saying that you know what what is it like the what's the twins i can't remember their last name right now there's you know yeah. there's there's know there's miller brandon yeah, miller too. yeah brandon miller i mean okay like Like, Brandon Miller, it's hard for me to, like, like that dude. Like, number one, clearly he has horrendous judgment. Like, clearly he has some of the worst judgment in the world that he would bring a gun to a a potential situation and just be like, oh, I didn't know anything was going to happen. Really, dumbass? You didn't know anything was going to happen? Like, that whole thing is stupid. So, like, I just don't. It's hard for me to look that dude in the face and be like, I believe that you can lead my franchise. Like, that's just that's just difficult for me. It just, uh, when you're at the scene of a murder, you make poor choices, especially when you participated in facilitating the weapon that got, that, that like, like I just don't understand how he's even playing. I don't understand how he's not in jail. I don't, it makes no sense to me. Whatever. So that's fine. Number three pick in the draft. So, like, like well, that's the thing, dude. Like, you're going to go to Dame and you're going to go, don't worry, dude. Don't worry, man. Well, Dame's
1: not be- part of rebuilding. He said he don't want to be part of a rebuild. Project.
0: Okay, so that's fine. That's what I'm saying, though. So you go to Dame and you're like, Don't worry, we're gonna bring this kid who was present at the scene of a murder. And he's like, I don't think that I would like that. So I'd like <laughs> you to trade the number three overall pick. And they're like, Okay, we'll trade it for like who are they gonna trade it for? Knowing them, they'll probably fucking trade it for Josh Hart to get him back. And it'd be like, Does that make you happy, Dame? Like, now we got Josh Hart again. Like, I, I just they're
1: I I've heard the Raptors could potentially be a if you give a OG or something like that trade OG for the pick.
0: I mean, is OG Ananobi does that move the needle for like? Okay, you've got to pay Jeremy Grant, so mm. so you're bringing in OG Ananobi. So yeah. is is Dame and OG Ananobi and Jeremy Grant is that something? I don't. I don't know. If you give Freddie
1: Simons still there, too. If,
0: yeah, I mean... But, okay, now, Siakam? Mm. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Mm. Dame, Siakam, Simons, and, and Jeremy Grant, maybe potentially Nurkic comes back. Now you're talking. That's mm. that's something. I'm listening to that. But I think that... I don't... I mean, anybody's good. Don't get me wrong. I just think... I, I don't know. I... It's it's a t- it's like one of those things. It's like for the number three overall pick, I want a little better than OJ Ananobi, But if you're the Raptors, I'm not giving up Siakam for the number two pick. Like just because because we know in the NBA, it's not like the number three pick in the NFL where it has so much value. You know, um, I I don't know, man. That's I that's an interesting one, but I I don't know. I here's what I'll say about the draft. I know we know that Yama is going to be a star if he's healthy. Yeah. I kind of think Scoot might be the safest bet. You think so, Uh Well, dude, he's going to be a baller. And yeah, I yeah. just – I worry – I don't like to talk about this. I hate talking about this. But, like, are we just going to pretend that the injury worries with the seven three dude with the wiry frame isn't a thing? Are we just going to pretend that's not there? Because this happens a lot, man.
1: They're, 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 they're thinking high in the sky that's what it is uh, they're not thinking about the injury that's all that's how it seems to me at least
0: and it's fair but Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan you know Greg Oden over Kevin Durant Zion Williamson over John I'm glad that you,
1: I'm glad you said Sam Bowie and you didn't mention Hakeem Olajuwon uh, I'm glad
0: you didn't no mention- no 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 that was I mean it because
1: uh... I still pick Hakeem over Jordan
0: you what 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 are you drunk? What are you talking? What what are you talking about? You would take if Hakim I'm Houston, over...
1: if I'm Houston, I I still go with Hakeem over Jordan. In my opinion.
0: That's the worst thing you've ever said on this show. You have said so many things that are hilarious. That is the worst. You would take Hakeem over Michael. Are you saying Hakeem Olajuwon is a better player than Michael Jordan? Is I mean, that what I you're saying?
1: Not, I'm just saying based Howard, on what how they needed. You... Based on what they needed, you always... rebuild the team around out.
0: Michael fucking Jordan. <laughs> They got two championships out of it. Michael Jordan got six. (laughs) And you know what? Maybe if he goes to Houston, his father doesn't get murdered. Hmm? (laughs) Are you saying that you're pro Michael Jordan's father being murdered? Is that what you're saying? I'm just (laughs) saying that Hakeem Olajuwon,
1: based on how his career went, went, I don't think the, the Houston Rockets should regret picking him.
0: No, they don't. No, they absolutely should not regret picking him. And there's no guarantee that Michael Jordan would have had a better career. I'm just saying if I am if I am suddenly launched into a scenario where I am the GM of a basketball team and I have any opportunity to draft Michael fucking Jordan, that is what I am going to do in any situation. But 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 Run over Jordan is nowhere near. Like, Odin never even became anything. Zion oh, yeah. is in danger of just not, oh, you know. Although, man. you know what? The thing is, the Zion over Morant. He's, game, a,
1: he's a automatic 25, 26 points a game when he plays.
0: Man. I know. It's a bummer. I'm not happy about it. I hate it. Man. It's just that he's barely played. And also, <laughs> but hold on. Like, the, the other thing about Zion over Morant right now, dude, I don't know. We, I, what's up with John? Like, I'm not trying to be. Forget the judgment no, just, about whatever. Be like,
1: having knee issues as well. Uh, I feel like a lot of people like to get at Zion for his injury issues. John, he be having injury issues too.
0: Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if he, if he has these other problems that fuck up his career, that's mm-hmm. you know that could be a whole other. Thing. So it's just it's yeah. definitely interesting. But I just. I'm not trying – and again, I'm not hoping for injuries. I, I hate the Spurs. It annoys the shit out of me that the Spurs got Wembenyama. I still hope that he has an yeah. awesome career. I just want him to lose to the Suns a lot. That's all. Um, <laughs> but I just worry – like, I would – if I was the Spurs, like, I would invest everything, everything into his health. Yes. I would like, – like, it would be the only fucking thing – that Madness. I prior- yeah, it is number one. Is we're gonna prioritize every we're gonna get every doctor in the world, every sports metric, every everything because that dude, mm-hmm. you have to. I mean, his frame is crazy. Like it's, you know, yeah. And, and at a certain point, dudes are just too big. But um, so any any final NBA thoughts on on the finals on this season on next season? Any any last thoughts before we get out of here? Any. Uh, Are you you're picking the Nuggets to win the finals? Yeah, I'm Is picking it, Nuggets.
1: Nuggets yeah. in five.
0: Yeah, I I, I I'm, I'm gonna take Nuggets in six, just because I'm gonna give the Heat the extra game, just because they've earned it. But I mm. I'll be I'll be rooting for the Heat, but uh, doesn't seem possible. I'm not rooting team. for anybody. <laughs>
1: I hope Michael Porter has a good series, because you know I've been a Michael Porter guy for a long,
0: long time. He's 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 shown up. I've got a, I've been hard on him, but I have to give credit where it's due. Like he has really that. He's dude been very good.
1: Ever meet a shot he wasn't afraid to take.
0: He, <laughs> well, there's one. He's, he's afraid up to take. On... There's one shot he's afraid to take. But which one's uh, that? The 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 uh, COVID vaccine. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but other than that, um, he's he. No, I agree. Like, and you know what the thing I you have to have that level of confidence. Like, if you're gonna shoot you know, 10-3 is a game in the playoffs or whatever, you need to yeah. be able to just fire away. And I do think that that's an important part of his game. Well, I
1: guess when you get the money that he's making, he feels like the the franchise believes in his ability to hit no shots, So he's going to shoot them,
0: essentially. That's fair. I think, I think when you get paid $40 million, you have the right to shoot. And if they disagree with you, they'll put you on the bench. So <laughs> there's that's yeah, no there problem. Then the, the issue is resolved. It'll be solved no matter what. I do go. want to say too though, like uh, one thing, like, shout out to Kyle Lowry. Like, he has not been phenomenal this season. He has not been phenomenal in these playoffs, but he has had a couple of games that have gotten Miami where they need and he was just the, written the off. Kyle Lowry
1: dead. syndrome. Yep. He's got all these Raptors fans peeking their head out of the woodworks. Kyle Lowry over everything. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest <laughs> raptor of all time.
0: He he does. He has those games every now and then, man. That like, I it's fun to see. Like I do, I like Kyle Lowry. Like I've always, I've always been a fan. So, um, I'm I'm happy for them. I do also. I'm so excited to see what happens in Boston. I love, Mm. dude. As soon as we get done here, I I hope there's a new Bill Simmons podcast because I want to hear it. I want to hear it so bad. Celtics pack. Oh, dude! I just love. That's, like, my favorite thing. Like, I think I've told you, like, I used to, like, when the Patriots would beat the shit out of a team, like, I would go find that team's radio broadcast after the game <laughs> and listen to the fans call in and just, Terrible. like, endlessly talk about how much they hate their team, and I would just laugh and laugh all night. It would be so funny. Terrible. And I'm going to do the same thing with Celtics podcast. Um, any, any last thoughts? Any slander for the Suns? Any... Any, I told you so's. Any,
1: I got nothing. I got nothing. I've been, I'm in no position to judge with my calves. And that's future. fair,
0: that's fair. You know, everyone like Lakers fans, they're like trying to give me shit. And then like they didn't even, they got waxed pretty hard. Like, you know, everyone, yeah. everyone's pretty much like, uh, nobody can really talk shit right now except Nuggets yeah. and Heat fans. Everyone else has kind of got to shut it down. So, <laughs> yeah. it's it's a quiet time on NBA Twitter because I don't think that Nuggets and Heat fans actually exist. I think that's like more of two like theoretical groups. They got cult
1: followings.
0: <laughs> cult, yeah. This is called. It's uh it's called uh, like, you know, what is it? Portland fans who suddenly have swapped jerseys. And uh, I don't know who the pretend, but Heat you know, fans are.
1: you know what it is, it's, like just for where I'm from in Toronto, if y'all don't know who listening to one or two people, as he likes to say, but there's shout out one got... six. <laughs> yes, shout out forward six. If you're not a Raptors fan, you're you're either more likely a Lakers fan, a Celtics fan, or one of the off teams. Like you hardly ever find teams outside of the city that you're rooting for so Miami's one of the few teams where it's like oh what's who's your team it's like oh I'm a Miami fan it's like, really like me I'm from Toronto I I like the Cavs so like you're probably not gonna find another Cavs fan for another 50 kilometers in Toronto
0: oh man uh, so that's why you can walk down the street came, streaming about Karis LeVert and nobody will be bothered they <laughs> nobody bats you.
1: an eye nobody cares no they just like,
0: they're just like, you're right. We have Scotty Barnes. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. I still have
1: it. to deal with the whole Mobley versus Scotty Barnes arguments here and there.
0: Which, I mean, I would, I think, I feel like most people would take Mobley right now. So,
1: right now, yeah.
0: Barnes isn't really after the, the
1: playoff show. <laughs> that's,
0: that, that's fair. That was, bad. although Scotty didn't even really get a chance to. Make a Mr. statement there so i mean you got but they
1: still they say oh he was on base for a triple double he was about to do something until mb took him out
0: i don't know that whole uh, complaining about demar's daughter that's uh that kind of i was like man shut the fuck up dude like get the fuck out of here like it obviously had some effect cuz we were 18 and 14 bitch shut up like don't even you know like that was such a that was like when booker was in, it was like in mad the office. With the
1: mascots or something like
0: that well, or it, it was with like, no, it was like which time was it that Devin Booker was mad? He was like double working that on a move. open gym, yeah. And he got mad oh, yes. summer,
1: but he was double Noah. Like, he's like, Oh, we're doubling open gym. And he's like, Yeah, we are. He's like, We we're, we're working on <laughs> our games. He's like, Yeah, we are. This is how we work on our game.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was so fucking that was so fu- I love Devin, but I was like, Man. You oh, can't, you can't say that. Like people are gonna. you would have
1: said, "Bring an extra guy." Yeah, that's
0: what I'm saying. Like you can't. If Kobe wouldn't do it, you can't do it. So I yeah. like, you know, I'm like, Kobe. Although, although I do remember the one last thing I'll say. I remember that time that when Kyrie was on Team USA, and he was like begging Kobe to play one on one. It was like, and Kobe's like, no, he's like, you didn't even play in college. You're not, I'm not playing you. Like he just refused. He
1: had that wide eyed innocence back then. Back when Kyrie still only cared about hoops.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. It's dude, yo, fame and celebrity and money ruin everybody. That's why I make sure that this podcast will never be successful so that I will never be ruined and I can stay cool and not and doesn't
1: want to get gentrified
0: exactly i don't want to be on some crazy <laughs> shit i'm gonna eat spaghettios and be late with the rent and i'm gonna yeah. be cool yeah. and That's and what it be is. showing
1: up to the podcast sober
0: no <laughs> nah, no 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 <laughs> the, the
1: day the day the blood doctor show has to change its name, and he has to be sober is the day that this show is officially dead. That is exactly no right. Watched.
0: That is exactly correct. That is a thousand percent correct. You you speak the truth. See, I can just let you speak for me because you know what it is. We need to talk again soon. Yes, we're not wasting two months. I'm. It's not I'm. It's on me. I'm like not every. I'm like coming up on episode 100. There's lots to do. We'll talk during the finals. We'll yes, see if we Jimmy will. Butler has any magic. And yes. we'll go from there, my man. I appreciate you so much. I
1: appreciate you for having me on. And
0: Overtime Patriots, with BC.
1: Patriots, I just want y'all to know. If y'all don't have any intentions of competing, just, you know, Caleb Williams is out in USC. You
0: know? uh, I didn't even think about that, dude. Like, maybe that's why the Patriots have been playing the long game. with You know, a lot, of people,
1: a lot of people say that, you know, the Spurs getting... When Benyama is like, if the Patriots went on and got Caleb Williams,
0: oh. uh, hey, well, and you know, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to lose games <laughs> hey. on purpose in the NFL. For example, you could see the Jets a couple of years yeah. ago against the Raiders. Yeah, or you could throw a backwards pass uh, on a, you know, on a return <laughs> play at the end of the game. <laughs> Uh, that goes right to another player. You know, there's lots of ways to find ways to lose. So
1: yeah, within the rules, of course.
0: Within the rules, of course. Never against them. Just like the Patriots like it. Yes, always. We're always
1: honest. We're always honest. Come on now.
0: Never anything else. Warm Gatorade, baby. <laughs> so.
1: uh, yes, overtime with BNT. We will be covering football soon enough, and we'll have the blunt doctor on there to have his ridiculous NFL takes.
0: I'm going to just be firing now that I don't have anything to live for. So I'm just going to be like, <laughs> I'm just going to be like Kenny Pickett for MVP. And, you know, just, Whoa. You know, just like all kinds of stuff.
1: Hey, like, if it ever happens, we can come back to this point in the timestamp. I don't have the timestamp, but.
0: I do. It's clear. It's, it's, I will have, so I will keep it. If, One, does, if it ever 155. Happens, in there the, we go. With 155 remaining. Kenny Pickett for MVP. We'll we'll keep it locked. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk soon.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: Thank you, Tyrant B, for joining as usual. And now before we get out of here, I do want to talk about one other thing. One last thing. I want to talk about um, the series finale of Barry, which is a show uh, by Bill Hader, a dude I love very much. It's an HBO show. Um, There will be spoilers here. So if you don't, if you haven't watched the finale or you intend to watch the show, Don't listen to the rest of this because I am going to ruin it. Um, So I'll give you a second now to just turn that shit off. But essentially the finale, I mean, the finale, I think kind of it was good. So one thing about me and finales, anyone who knows me knows that the ending of something make makes or breaks the entire thing. So like you could have something that I consider to be one of my favorite things in the world. And if you end it poorly, I will hate it. That's true with Dexter. Um, you know, I didn't really like the end of Breaking Bad. There were a lot of things that um, I would do differently in those shows, and if you end things poorly, for me, it really ruins it. Um, the ending is the most crucial part of anything, and there are some things that I didn't even enjoy as much during it until I saw the ending, and then the total package made much more sense to me. So the ending is is really everything to me, and it truly determines how I feel about something. Like, I could really enjoy a show all throughout its run and then if I hate the ending, I'm not going to go back and watch it. Um, And if I love the ending, I will. And so that's really kind of the thing for me is I'm not going to go back and rewatch something that I know ends in a way that I hate. And I have thoroughly enjoyed Barry from the beginning and so I really wanted the ending to be something that wouldn't ruin the show for me and wouldn't, you know, break the way I feel about it. And truthfully, I think that they achieved that. I mean... Pretty much everybody who has to die dies. Barry dies. Cousineau is in prison. Uh, You know, Noho Hank dies. Um, The only person who lives is Fuchs, which is crazy. Fuchs saves Barry's son and then gets to run off into the darkness. And the one reason I wonder that they let Fuchs live is I'm wondering if they're kind of planning like some sort of Better Call Saul spinoff show where Fuchs is now the raven and he's leading like prison gangs or something. Like I'm wondering if they're to do something with that character because it's weird that the only person who lives is the person who recruited Barry to become a killer in the first place like Fuchs is truly the villain of this series I mean Barry despite everything that he did and Barry is horrible Barry was manipulated and recruited and convinced to be who he is by Fuchs Fuchs turned him into this from you know fresh out of the military and so he is just as culpable, if not more culpable, for everything that Barry has ever done. Because, I mean, most of the things that Barry ever did were under the direction of Fuchs. And it's only these last few years that, that they weren't. Now, granted, there was like a you know an eight-year gap or whatever um, here in the final season. We don't know what happened there. But pretty sure that Barry wasn't killing people during that time because that was the one time he had the life that he wanted. He lived with Sally. He had his son, all these things. Um, so... Again, there, out of the watchful eye of Fuchs, he was not killing people. So it was very interesting to me that Fuchs is like the one person who gets away. Noho Hank deserves to die because he let his people kill Cristobal, you know, Goodrins. Barry deserved to die because he killed Chris. Um, you know, a friend of his who didn't deserve, who, who, who did not deserve to die and should never have been where he was in the first place. That dude never deserved to die. And the other thing that's weird about this is they, they wrap up the, the show with... Kusineau being in jail, having been convicted of of the murder of his girlfriend, which is kind of the impetus of everything that happens to end the series. Um, And Barry, you know, there are these movies that are created that paint him as this hero and sort of vindicate him from everything. Um, But there's an FBI agent who was a former, you know, unit member of Barry's who knows the truth. So why was he, you know, he caught Barry and then let him go. So why was... Why were his words never consulted for this movie? And it just goes to show like how Hollywood can completely manipulate something into complete bullshit. And I kind of wonder if um, the impetus for this was the movie American Sniper, because Chris Kyle was a horrible person who wrote in his book how he loved shooting brown people and all these other things. He was an awful, awful person. Uh, But for whatever reason, you know, his book took off and then Clint Eastwood made a movie and it was, you know, such a big deal. Well, I mean, part of the reason he made the movie probably was that Chris Kyle was murdered. He didn't deserve to be murdered. But neither did any of the people that he murdered is kind of the thing. And he talked about, you know, gleefully killing those people. And I, you know, he he got rehabbed into a hero, basically, because of all these things. And I wonder somewhat if if this Barry is sort of a look at that, how we will rehab anyone in the military, even if they've just done wrong. Now, I don't know that Chris Kyle came, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, he didn't murder people here. But, you know, his books were disgusting and that he was made into a hero was disgusting. And so I wonder in some ways if that was the inspiration for this, because, you know, Barry is a bad person. But he ends up being like laid to rest with his full honors because none of the things that he did after leaving the army were pinned on him because of Gene Cousineau's constant inability to, he had to try to seize on the fame that he could capture from his girlfriend's death. And no matter how many times he had the opportunity to be a better person, he couldn't do it. And so it's like, he didn't deserve to go to prison, but he shot Barry and he did shoot his own son out of paranoia, like Cousineau's a bad person. So it's interesting that like everything, Barry comes into his life and fucks everything up and Kusino ends up killing him and the ironic thing is he kills him when Barry was about to confess and if he just doesn't do that one thing, maybe Gene gets away with it, but Gene wanted to kill him for killing Janice, it's, it's intricate and the thing is, I mentioned the spoilers, I'm guessing anyone who didn't watch the show would not have a fucking clue what I'm talking about right now, it's intricate, it's well written. And there's too many pieces to just sort of, you know, just explain it all. There's so much to it. So many things happened throughout the four seasons. It is a very good show. Um, I mean, I was sad that Barry died, but Barry had to die. There was no way that Barry could live. He didn't deserve to live. And, you know, Gene Cousineau is probably the person who deserved to kill him. It probably should have been Jim Moss, uh, the Janice Moss's father, but... What are you gonna do? Um he had his opportunities to kill him and didn't. So it's just an interesting It's an interesting show. And it's a weird look at the world. So much of it is surrealist nonsense. Barry's trying to detonate a bomb and the app doesn't work, so he calls the customer support line for the bomb app. Like there's so many things that are just absurdist humor but there's also real looks at the way that the way that something is framed can really affect public opinion on it. And the way that it is packaged and the perception can really be different from the truth. So, you know, it's, it's very well worth watching. I will definitely be watching it again. Like this is a show that I really enjoyed from start to finish. And I don't really, I don't really have any negative things to say about it. I mean, it's dark, Um, so there is that. Uh, You know, if you're kind of, if some things are too dark for you, this show may not be the one. But honestly, it's just, it's a really interesting look at the world. It's something I really enjoyed. And all I can say is, I look forward to whatever Bill Hader does next because he's awesome in really everything he does. He's funny. He's a good actor. I love Bill Hader. I'm excited to see what he does next. And I do hope they do something with Fuchs. Who knows? That is The Blunt Doctor Show. Good luck to Miami going into the finals. Please break Denver in half somehow. I don't know what the fuck you're gonna do with Jokic, but find a way. And to everyone around you, tell them that you love them on this day. This world is awful. We are in the dark hours. There are shootings every second. There are new diseases every single day. Global warming is raising the temperature to the point that fish are boiling Just tell the people around them that you love them. Every damn day. Because I don't know what the fuck else we're going to do in this world. I really don't. Peace out, folks. Till next time.